Kyle Sondland and Herbert Konings are founding partners for Security Token Group. All opinions expressed by them or guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not represent the views of Security Token Group or its subsidiaries. You should not take any opinion expressed on the show as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow any investment strategy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Security Token Show. It is your hosts with the most. I'm Kyle Sondland. This is Herbert Konings. It's so good to be back here on the Security Token Show here in sunny Miami, Florida. We're talking everything investment banking. Herwig, what's going on with the show today? Well, we've got the most exciting top five things you need to know happening right now, of course, followed by our latest industry news, the latest Security Token offerings, what's happening in the secondary market, and of course, a look inside the metaverse. But this week's main topic, Kyle, pretty excited about it, mm. tokenized paywall. Bet you haven't heard of it. But of course, we can't dive into any of that without first thanking our sponsors. They're the ones who make this show possible. And this week, that's a shout out to Top Floor. You can check them out at jointopfloor.com. They are a Web3 community for entrepreneurship where you can get started and learn how to you know, become an entrepreneur, learn certain six to seven figure business opportunities across real estate, across e-commerce, across a lot of different opportunities where you've got experts teaching you in a network to join, learn entrepreneurship and master mentorship, join topfloor.com. Check it out. Thanks again to Top Floor for being the sponsor this week. And with that, we can get into the top five. Let's do it. Kicking off our top five this week, you have got to head over to South Korea. Bet you didn't know they have seven new crypto exchanges on the horizon (laughs) planned to launch with many of them on their eye on security tokens. South Korea has taken a very regulated approach to crypto. So you can guarantee that all these cryptocurrency exchanges have gone through the proper licensing, but it's exciting to know that seven new exchanges, I bet you haven't heard that for any other country recently, Hmm. are planning to launch in South Korea a new surge to the crypto game. But most interestingly, Samsung Securities, which is, of course, of the famous Samsung brand, the phone company, uh, actually is touted publicly that they are getting into security tokens too. So we will definitely keep our eye on that. Fascinating. South Korea, another jurisdiction, super focused and forward thinking on cryptocurrencies and blockchain. A lot of adoption there. We're now seeing them get involved on the securities front as well. But they're not alone. We have the DTCC, the Department of Clearing and Trust Commission. There's all kinds of acronyms there. But what you need to know is that they're the biggest intermediary institution that does settlement for securities. So any investment banking, any stock trading, all this stuff goes through the DTCC, which is a self-regulating body of investment banks, of securities and financial services companies. And they have already confirmed that they're doing over 100,000 transactions per day using distributed ledger technology, specifically R3's Corda. You've heard of R3 before because they've done a lot of institutional deals. This is one of those really big institutional tech companies building enterprise software. Shout out to R3's Corda blockchain. Some of the notable names that are involved, pretty much every investment bank you can think of. Citadel as well, they do a bunch of securities. 
Huge billion dollar hedge fund headlined by Ken Griffin, as well as Citi, Fidelity, Barclays, Goldman, JPM, Morgan Stanley, Robinhood, State Street. Literally, you could name all of the familiar faces are getting involved with the DTCC's pilot. That they're certainly having a lot of activity using. Awesome stuff. Moving on to number three, we've got OSL Digital. They have officially tokenized a bond they placed in July, supposedly $10,000 a token, if you will, for the bond, a share. It's a fractional opportunity. And you got to give it to for the Hong Kong exchange, that's a big deal. There's not a lot of uh, crypto activity given Hong Kong's jurisdiction is very, very focused on the regulation there, but they are completely certified. I believe they were the first for security tokens specifically, and now they're actually putting up uh, the walk in the walk by doing a tokenized mm -hmm. bond that they have supposedly successfully placed. So I don't know exactly uh, how much uh, according to the statement, but they do focus on ESG, on real estate, corporate finance, and many other sectors. And moving into number four, we have SDAX, the Singapore-based security tokens exchange is following their $17 million raise in early 2022, have announced that they are live. They are launching their platform to provide this platform to trade securities tokenized. Of course, they are licensed by the Monetary Authority of Singapore, which is the SEC equivalent there. And they're looking to do real estate, corporate finance, and ESG compliant investments and assets, SDAX, the newest member to the party. And last but not least, number five, we have Chainraise, which has officially launched their regulated crowdfunding platform. They can support Reg CF deals, Reg A deals, Reg D deals. And of course, given in their name, they help you tokenize their deal as well. So they have the full compliance spread, everything from uh, financial auditing all the way to, of course, investor onboarding and tokenization tools. Chainraise, we're good friends there over actually have spoken many times with Corey Goodlander, one of the founders. Uh, and we're excited to see them join the market and help with the tokenization journey. Wouldn't be a complete top five if we didn't mention a Miami tech company. Shout out to Chainraise for their successful launch. They are a Miami tech company. We love to support the ecosystem. Love it always. Love to see it. And now we're headed over to Annie Yanzi, who's going to give us the rest of the security token industry news. Happy Reg Rising, everyone. Today, we are starting our news with our friends over in the UK. On that side, legal experts have opened a public consultation to provide clarity about the type of digital securities models that UK laws will support. As of now, no resume has been introduced in the UK, but there is some belief in the market that English law may be less supportive of digital securities than their surrounding countries in Europe. The goal of the consultation is to clarify any stakeholder concerns in relation to the issuance and transfer of digital securities. In other news, the International Securities Lending Association, also known as ISLA, contracted a law firm to perform legal analysis on its global master securities lending agreement. The focus is on tokenized traditional assets, native digital securities, and forms of digital cash. The timing for this is perfect since there have been recently various legal filings related to crypto. For example, the Celsius bankruptcy that highlighted legal issues around digital assets used as collaterals and cryptocurrencies in particular. We now have a, a new fund in town started by the founder of Polygon, Sandeep Nawal. He has raised $50 million for a fund dedicated to Web3 companies. Symbolic Capital is backed by cryptocurrency protocol exchanges, 
crypto-focused auditing firms, and other venture capital investors. They are serious about making an impact since the company has already invested in three blockchain-focused gaming startups. Nawal said his, it's, his company is focused on supporting project founders from emerging markets. He went on to explain how he struggled to get connected to VCs that believed in his visions and abilities as founder while starting Polygon. Across the world in the Philippines, Binance is trying to make their presence known. They are seeking licensing to establish a presence in the Philippines by providing educational resources for future traders and blockchain developers. Binance participated in a hearing held by the Philippine Senate Banking Committee. The goal was to discuss fintech innovation and consumer protection. A sandbox approach to regulation was discussed, as well as digital asset security. The company also said that it is sponsoring a training program for new cryptocurrency traders this month, and it is also in talks with, with local universities on providing courses and certification in blockchain technology. Next up, we have Fireblocks introducing a built-in tokenized into its platform. With the new product, prospects will be capable to deploy compliant ERC3643 safety tokens on the Ethereum and Polygon blockchain. In other news, we have our own sister company, Security Token Advisors, expanding their network. They are looking for banks and capital raising partners. Our company works on deals that involve Reg D, Reg S, and Reg A+ private placements ranging from $10 million to $100 million. If you are interested, visit our website, securitytokenadvisors.com, and fill out our contact form. Lastly, we have GSH rolled out a $144 million commercial paper facility program in digital securities. The property developer will issue digital securities under the program, which will be listed on the ADDX digital platform. Okay, folks, that's all the news I have for you today. Let's pass it on to Megan with your STO update. Good morning, tokenizers. This week we have multiple updates, so let's get right into it. First up, we have Show, a fine dining restaurant mixed with a private club all under one roof in San Francisco. Sushi chef Show and financier Josh Siegel are pulling together this members-only concept located within Salesforce Park. This features a four-block, 5.4-acre green space that is set atop the Salesforce Transit Center. Show is selling memberships ranging from $7,500 all the way up to $300,000, and this is a one-time fee that gives members access to the private lounge, other perks, and the catch is the top tier membership is being issued via a Regulation A security, while the rest of the memberships will be NFTs that represent no ownership in the project, but just access to the club itself. The top level membership called FIRE is being offered to accredited investors in the form of a Reg A security, and it will offer revenue sharing benefits among other perks. Additional locations outside SF are being targeted for Las Vegas, Miami, and Tokyo, for more information, head over to Show Club SF on Twitter. Next, we have another MFT from Opulus. They have already done three MFT drops with notable artists, and now they are introducing the next artist to release an MFT in the Opulus ecosystem slated for quarter four of 2022. Black Jersey will be the fourth artist to join the Opulus family. And to get in on this MFT drop, you will have to stake the Opulus token. Black Jersey is one of the most exciting artists in Afrobeats, and as an artist and producer, he has, art, has already over 100 million Spotify streams and double that on YouTube, as well as some writing credits on big songs of the 21st century, including ones with WizKid and more. 
On a side note, I wanted to congratulate Opulus on announcing their latest financial investment from the Algorand Foundation. This is a notable investment for Opulus, helping them further develop and fortify the music tokenization ecosystem. The Algorand community is very strong and it's awesome to see such a great project being built within the Algorand ecosystem itself. For more information on this, head over to opulus.org and find out how you can get involved. Last, we are going to cover USPC. We've talked about them previously. They're otherwise known as United States Property Coin. They're doing a lot to ramp up to their launch in November, and I'm super excited about this project that's offering a lot to its potential consumer base. Before I cover the exciting giveaway that they are doing, United States Property Coin is determined to be the first real estate asset-backed digital currency in the world's largest economy. Funded and sponsored by Southern California real estate development firm Premier, USPC tokens will function as fractionalized ownership in a diversified portfolio that is expected to benefit from current income and long-term appreciation of real estate assets, creating a more reliable store and of value and medium of exchange. Real estate-backed currency provides two primary benefits, the first being a high level of confidence for long-term appreciation, and the ability to generate more income and value. USPC will provide investors a stable alternative that has, the val that has the potential to appreciate over time and deliver yield by default. For more information, head over to USPC.io where you can learn more, check out their giveaway. And I heard that giveaway includes a Tesla among other amazing items. As a disclosure, we are not associated with this giveaway and it is fully run by USP. C.io, so please check their disclosures and all, as always, do your own research. That is all for this week, folks. And as you may or may not know, it's heating up in Miami right now and event season is right around the corner as September approaches. Let us know if you or your business will be in the area and shoot us an email at tips at stlmarket.com to meet up or swing by our office. Now let's send it over to sjs.eth for some market updates. Hello and happy Monday! The security token market cap is down to $17.63 billion as investors have been risk off following Powell's statement at Jackson Hole last Friday. It has been revealed that seven major South Korean security companies intend to establish cryptocurrency exchanges next year. Two of these companies are Murray Asset Securities and Samsung Securities. To introduce its crypto platform, the former plans to establish a subsidiary under Murray Asset Consulting. Once released, the exchange will provide Bitcoin and Ether trading services, as well as dealing with NFTs. And for its part, Samsung Securities seeks to enter the blockchain-based security token business. In 2021, the firm tried to launch a token trading platform, but could not organize the necessary team of professionals who had to carry out the task. The plans of those Korean firms are in line with the pro-crypto stance of the country's newly elected president, Yoon suk Yeol. Earlier this year, he vowed to increase the minimum threshold for paying capital gains taxes on profits from digital asset investments and thus create a better environment for domestic investors. And in other news, SDAX, an integrated digital investment and trading platform regulated by the Monetary Authority of Singapore, or MAS, has officially launched. The platform offers access to curated institutional-grade investments focusing on real estate and ESG to institutional, accredited, and retail investors. The launch follows its $24 million Series B funding round in late 2021 from PSA International, Straits Trading Company, and the New Horizon Global. The digital asset platform provides accredited and retail investors, family offices, and institutions with digital investments that are backed by real estate, real assets. 
This is enabled through primary and secondary market mechanisms regulated by the MAS with both Capital Market Services, CMS, and Recognized Market Operators, RMO, licenses. SDAX digital securities are highly high-quality private investment deals that are put through a rigorous due diligence process based on sound financial control framework. That's all for now, but I'll see you next Monday. Wakey wakey, welcome to Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Evankov. Afterpay debuts NFT keys at New York Fashion Week. And how will this work? Well, they will work with five different fashion designers to create NFT keys that will grant access to exclusive perks. For example, an NFT designed by designer A will come with a shopping experience with the designer or assigned runway sketches that will come from his upcoming collection. Next. Miley Cyrus is the latest celebrity to take their name brand to the metaverse after she officially applied for several metaverse non-fungible token related trademarks, claiming plans for virtual clothing, energy drinks, entertainment services, virtual currency management software, and virtual clothing, footwear, and sports gear. And moving forward, Nike. Nike had a great first year when it comes to revenue from NFTs, bringing in about 180 million in NFT revenue since its first project. One of the factors that contributed to this impressive NFT revenue was tapping directly into established NFT brands. Next, Sandbox gears up for the third and biggest alpha season. The metaverse will once again bleed into the physical world as a result from the famed world builder has set up a first ever IRL pop-up in the heart of Hong Kong. I'm very excited to see where this goes and what it means for the new season. That was Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Abankal. Thanks, Eve. And moving on to my favorite section of the week, we're talking our companies of the week, the two businesses in the industry that caught Herwig and my eye for doing something successful, something that's noteworthy, that they deserve specific spotlight for what's going on. And Herwig, I think I'm just going to lead it off this week with my company of the week. You may have heard of them before because they've certainly made a lot of noise following their $27 million Series A. My company of the week this week is Oasis Pro Markets. Nice. They are an eight. ATS marketplace trading platform based here in the United States focused on security tokens. They've been doing a lot of technical integrations. I've heard a lot of great things on the street about working with them. But on top of that, the thing that I wanted to shut them out for is that as we were doing script review this week, they were looking at some of the news. There were some great things going on, but traditionally this, this week we saw less volume than in traditional weeks, especially because it's August, everyone's on vacation, it's summer, it's a little bit slow. But that didn't stop Oasis from growing. So they made three key hires that they shouted out in their newsletter. Just wanted to give them a shout out for it. We've got Bob Yap, who is their CCO, Chief Compliance Officer. We've got Shannon Tomei, who is the Assistant GC, or Tomei, my, and then we have Gurav Patrikar, who is the VP of Enterprise Tech. They made a couple of key additions to the team. And so congratulations for finding great talent and certainly looking forward to seeing the developments coming from Oasis Pro Markets coming soon. Absolutely. Another major player coming to the exchange marketplace space for security tokens. And people are everything. Quick shout out to Jordan, Kayla, Nick, everybody on the production team making this show possible. And of course, the rest of the SC team. But with that, uh, I'd love to jump in and tell you about mine, Kyle. Please. Uh, and that's got to obviously be the DTCC mm. for me. You know, they clear trillions of securities per year. That is how big they are. 
Kyle mentioned it earlier in the top five. We're talking about all of the major investment banks, everywhere from players that you may not have heard of that are huge, like State Street and like Citadel uh, and others. But of course, you've got the main players like Barclays, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, uh, and many, many, many others. 100,000 tra- transactions per day, Kyle. That means that there is a ton of activity starting to happen in this space that nobody is actually aware of except for those who are truly plugged in and keeping their eye on the ground about these announcements. Uh, and I got to say, that means that all of a sudden we're going to see a huge, uh, I think, conversion on Wall Street's thinking about blockchain, about how they see security tokens and how they can benefit from them, which is only a great thing. So for that, I got to give DTCC my company of the week. It's a great choice. And I think the really interesting thing as we talked about in the top five is that the DTCC isn't building their own blockchain. They're using R3, their Corda blockchain, which has been tried, has worked well, and they saw that as a good solution to use. So they're using other great tech companies to incorporate here. That builds on the interoperability vision that we've talked about since the very beginning. Let's break down those walls of Wall Street. Gotta love it. And now let's head over to our main topic where we're gonna be talking about tokenized paywalls. And to close out the episode this week, we're diving into our main topic, tokenized paywalls. This is something that sounds kind of crazy. You may not be familiar with that term, but basically it comes on the heels of one of the most popular media companies in the crypto industry. They do a lot of research as well. They're not just media. That is The Block. The Block has done all kinds of in-depth reporting and insider information on this industry and how institutions are adopting the cryptocurrency and blockchain industry. And the block made headlines after recently announcing they're launching their own token. And this token represents access into their platform. And so they're trialing this idea of instead of selling subscriptions to the site to get their articles, to get access to their research, you can actually use their token to get access to that. But it's not an NFT. It's a functional or functional. It's a fungible specific token so that anybody can trade a bunch of these different shares. Herwig, I think it's important to break this down and talk about where this and what this means for the future of yeah, subscription models. I, I think we've sort of seen this with a couple other media companies try to do something similar. I think in this case, they're actually not even selling their own token. They're joining something called the Access Protocol, mm. uh, which the Access Protocol is meant to represent a model for any small creators or media companies to leverage the protocol and leverage their access tokens to then gain access to the content that is behind the paywall. And they actually have some kind of a inflation rate in place to uh, accommodate growing demand for the token. And the idea will be that, of course, there's more interest, the more options that are available with your access tokens that you could then actually, they say, stake with the paywall. Uh, and that gives you access for as long as you want to stake it until you claim it back. And then you no longer have access to, say, the block. You could then move it over to another media company. Maybe STM will one day use it uh, if it has some traction. It's certainly an interesting model. Uh, but more interestingly, it is the block saying that, hey, we believe that 20% of our content will be accessible via the paywall. Uh, that you will need to have access tokens for. So if you're super, super excited to read an article that they've got the latest breakdown, and I love their stuff, Kyle. I I really am a a fan of their their work. Uh, You might actually need the tokens uh, to get access to it. Would you then go and 
MetaMask it up or go to a, a popular exchange and get this access token to then see the uh, actual content? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's a very interesting use case. The CEO thinks that it's about a five to 10 year time horizon for full adoption where you might see their website be completely 100% paywalled by these tokens. Uh, they can, of course, creators can choose how many access tokens you're requiring in order to subscribe to the content that you have to stake. Um, so you can play with the actual pricing, but it's a very interesting protocol to try and say, hey, uh, you know, cool use case of tokenization for making paywalls. And it potentially gives that temporary access, right? Where you're staking your set of these access tokens, which is giving you access to this specific article. And then if you want to also be using other articles, you either need to allocate more assets or pull and restake and do all these types of things. So it is kind of a very interesting model. We'll see. I know that this is certainly on the heels of the fact that media companies in general have spent a lot of time yeah. over the, the last five years or so, really trying to think about how to monetize content because web advertising doesn't seem to be cutting it in a lot of cases. The subscription style of modeling maybe does provide good revenue, the only consequence is that it does isolate a lot of viewers. I'm sure we've all clicked on links from emails, from tweets, from even maybe Instagrams that has is behind a paywall and you're unable to then access it and you immediately churn, you immediately leave that website. That's money that's left on the table. So there's really this kind of interesting divide between how you're going to paywall content. This is just a new method of exploring that through access, access tokens, which is fascinating. But this is kind of crypto utility potentially, right? Building in some of those pieces, you're using some of those DeFi mechanisms with regards to staking, but this has nothing to do with real ownership. So Maybe that's, I think, where this conversation yeah, begins to pivot, right? It's like you said, it's a very interesting business model. I'm certainly no expert on the access protocol, uh, but I can tell you that basically to a, a degree, they use the staking mechanism and this inflation rate to create some kind of incentive mechanism for media creators to participate and benefit from you know, paywalling their, their content in the first place. So could be a very interesting decentralized model of the future. Uh, we shall see. But you're right, Kyle. Uh, I would argue that you know, even though from their vision, one wallet equals access to multiple opportunities of media, uh, I think that same one wallet application to access works both for NFTs, but I think that's not even going far enough. Why aren't we going with security tokens? If the block was really uh, walking the walk, what I think they should be doing, just like our parent company, Security Token Market, is doing right now, is you can actually buy stock in the block via a token, and then that token can also act just like these access tokens and participate in getting access to their uh, premium content, which, by the way, they still said is mostly going to be available to pay for credit cards. Right. So they're certainly not trying to hedge too much, but I think the 20% is a great way to see how many people would end up get, becoming aware of this and maybe using it and, and trying it out. But uh, again, the decentralized model of the access protocol, I don't know. Is it something that could be the future for all media companies? Who knows? Yeah, it's a great point, and especially what you're talking about with regards to a security token. Because when you have a security token, this is a real-world asset, right? You're making an investment into something, but that doesn't mean that you don't keep those tokens in your wallet. There, there's no. There doesn't mean that you can't airdrop in specific access access tokens if that's what you were looking to do. As with the STM crowdfund, you can directly invest using Web3 with USDC. Sign with your wallet address and get those tokens into your 
wallet. There's nothing that suggests that we wouldn't be able to offer all kinds of interesting opportunities like this as well by leveraging a real security token, right? You're actually owning an investment that then because you're investing, because you are committing and showing faith to the company, now it's an even bigger vote of confidence. And I would argue you're probably even more deserving of getting early access to some of these things, which is pretty interesting stuff. I think it's another form of alignment, right? With your subscriber now actually not just paying you for the content, but being aligned with the success of the company. Uh, That's a whole different type of customer relationship that obviously they have shown signs of increased advocacy, more, you know, interest in sharing referrals and trying to, you know, actually subscribe to more services because they are totally aligned with the company. So that's what I think is the future. But of course, we're going to see all this unfold. That's the beauty of the blockchain technology that's underpinning all of this. Uh, But with that, Kyle, let's see any final thoughts. I think that's just another great topic here on tokenization here in this case with the use case of paywalls. It's good to be back. We've it's been a couple weeks since you and I sat across from each other talking tokens, but it's a been great away. main topic, a great main topic. Really appreciate everybody tuning in. If you enjoyed it, like, subscribe, reshare, make sure that anybody that's interested in seeing more of this content gets it coming their way and subscribe to the What's Trippin newsletter by Jonah Shulman where we break all the news down in a fun more casual way directly to your inbox every Monday morning. And with that, we'll catch you next Monday and happy tokenizing.